Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone and welcome to the News Grubs, the podcast that would make Brian Henderson very, very content. I'm your host, Scotto, and joining me, as usual, are Fishy and AP, co-hosts in fairness. Hi, guys. Hey, Scotto. G'day, Scotto. Life is grand. Now, this week, we're looking at the Tesla that crashed at the airport. What happens when your parachute fails to open? That's not going to end well, I've got to tell you. And what qualifications do you need to work at a pub in this day and age? But first, Fishy, NASA story, and you're our go-to man at NASA. What's the go? Well, NASA hasn't been that active uh, lately in the news. Uh, I think because Elon Musk has taken over the uh, the crown and all the publicity with all of his space-related projects, but NASA scientists have invented a new metal alloy which is a thousand times more durable than the current state-of-the-art material they're using in aviation and space exploration. That's impressive. A thousand times. That's big. Yeah. Unfortunately... Uh It hasn't got a good name yet. Oh. No. They've called it GRX 810. Sounds like a car. No, I, I like that name. I'm, I'm, I quite, I'm quite... I'm heading for trouble because um, Shimano, the uh, bicycle gear manufacturer, oh. makes a set of gears called a GRX 810. Oh, no. <laughs> there's a patent... Sue NASA. Oh, there's a, there's a lawsuit coming for sure. Yes. Oh, yes. no. Oh, what does now, this uh, GRX 810 do, Fishy? Well, it's it, it's able to uh, handle uh, the harsher conditions, particularly uh, when it comes to uh, rocket engines. Well, in fairness, that's not a bad thing because let's face it, we are in fact using 1940s technology in rocket engines. Yes. I mean, you yeah. think when we went to the moon and uh, well, sorry, I'll rephrase that for AP's benefit. When we allegedly went to the moon and landed there, <laughs> allegedly. Yes. We were using rocket engines that, um, uh, what's his name, Von Braun. Um, uh, Werner. Invented. Werner Von Braun invented in 1940. Yeah. Same technology, same everything about it. And so. you know what else we were using? No. Camelco alfoil. Right. Well, in fairness, that's what as I use in uh, my... my yeah, um, as the outer shell of the spacecraft. And you only have to look at the lunar lander. Uh, uh, that landed on obviously the moon, the moon allegedly in 1969. Allegedly. Not according to AP. <laughs> Apparently, um, the material that uh, NASA has invented uh, has roughly twice the strength and roughly three and a half times the flexibility, and as I mentioned earlier, and more than a thousand times the durability under stress. Uh, of um, the current materials that are being used. Now, it's not, a, I mean, when you think about it, two and a half, tw- uh, twice the twice the strength, right? Not much, is that's, it? That's not a major no. leap for no. mankind, is no. it? No, no, that's it's a bugger weak. All. It's weak. It's weak. I, I, when, it, when you said a thousand times, I got excited. And three and a half times the flexibility, that's weak too. Maybe Come they've on. just been doing Pilates. <sighs> just a thought. I think they're keeping, uh, they're holding uh, back some information. I reckon they're slowly introducing the um, uh, the advances that they've made maybe 30 years ago just to see how we would react. Because you know how there's all these rumours about they've captured alien, alien spacecraft. I was about to say that. They've looked at the technology, they've tried to replicate it, the, the space, the alien spacecraft, 
in Area 51 is made of really strange material and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're, they're easing the world <clears throat> into a shock. I'm going to I'm going to question that theory, uh, head of extreme fishness, at this point in time, right? Because I'm going to say that they've had those materials since the 1940s, i.e., Werner von Braun, um, uh, NASA um, Saturn V rocket, uh, and that technology is now 60 years old. Right. So the uh, alien technology that was several thousand light years ahead of our time is now 60 years old. So it's yeah, it's old. No, no, it's sixty it? years older than what it was in the nineteen forties. Yes, but we've had it for sixty years, so you yes, would have thought to yourself that they would have actually been able to improve on it by now. No, no, but that doesn't make it necessarily redundant because it's that old. Because at the time when the alien spacecraft crashed, yes, it was the ducks nuts, as you said. Yes, I know, but now it's not the ducks nuts. It may not be the ducks nuts. It's not even the ducks toenail. No, 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 no. Are you done? Yes. Eight saying yes. that they haven't been able to. So all of a sudden, they've just come out of nowhere. As Fishy said, they've been pretty quiet for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Come out of nowhere, and they've got this material, and they go, it's not one time, not once stronger, it's not twice stronger, it's not three times stronger, it's 1,000 times stronger. So what they've actually done is worked out a way to carve a slice of alien spacecraft off, which means they've had to develop something that's 1,001 times harder than the uh, alien uh, space junk. Yes. In order to carve a slice of it like a chocolate cake, go and stick it under the neutron microscope or whatever the hell, and uh, work out what it is. The chances are good. They haven't just slowly developed something stronger and stronger and stronger and you know made it better, stronger, faster. There's a song about that. Yes. Um, they've all of a sudden. So you're saying it's like cheating in an exam. No, all I, of a sudden they've come up with a hundred percent mark and they've gone look. Hey, look what we did. No, I see. I think your argument is actually reinforcing my argument that if they had the 1,000 times uh, better in the first place and they had to come to 1,001 times to be able to slice the 1,000th bit off in the first place, they're already ahead by one. So they've clearly had all this time to actually develop the new thing, hence, i.e., the 1,001 times. So the old technology, i.e., the original alien stuff in the first place, is old, clapped-out technology. We've developed 1,001 times technology to beat the stuff that was there in the first place. So the old technology, i.e., the alien technology, is old and redundant. E.T. pushed them to a better result. But, But that's not what I was saying. Pretty sure what, it was. I, what I was saying is, let's say, right? Let's say, right, yes. Let's just let's use the 1940s as a, uh, a as a, a as a base, a benchmark, as a base, as yes, a benchmark. benchmark. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, technology of 1940s metals, mm-hmm. whatever they were, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cast iron, basically. Uh, following day, UFO crashes on Earth. Mm-hmm. NASA gets all excited. They can't work out how to get into it. Yes. They might bum around for a couple of years before they can get into it. They get into it finally, and then they think, oh, this is a weird metal. What's going on here? This is weird stuff, weird alloys. Okay. So it takes them maybe 20 decades, or maybe 10 decades, not five decades. Yeah, I would have said five. (laughs) To to work out. Mass was never your strong point, was it? Yeah, no, it it wasn't. it's, I'm just getting so so excited about okay, it, right, sorry. because because it makes perfect sense. So they, let's say four decades before they know what to do with it and understand it and and, and how to how work out how it was made and what the materials were and are some of the materials available on Earth or can we get the materials out of meteorites, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So 
suddenly they think, right, we've worked it out, we know what it is, we better announce this new alloy, but wait a minute, we can't say it's 50,000 times uh, stronger, 100,000 times lighter, and 20 trillion times more flexible. Mm -hmm. We can't say that. That'll, That'll shock the world. So we need to... Uh, sort of introduce it in increments that the world is able to cope with and accept. In fairness, though, do you think the vast majority of the world actually gives a rat's bum? Like the, no. I mean, we're talking the odd pointy head who might go, oh, it sounds a bit dodgy. That clearly comes from some alien spacecraft. Even though I might point out that AP's argument now is shot to hell because he said it was a thousand and one times better to be able to chop the sliver off in the first place, yeah. which meant that clearly we'd actually move forward, which meant that the old technology was rubbish uh, in the original state um, I've, re- I've revised my theory okay sorry <laughs> go on <laughs> they've had 809 goes and screwed it up you know, and finally got it on the one because they started way back at grx1 oh okay right okay <laughs> that's what i'm contending maybe well, shimano I... is actually much further in advancement than we well, think they could are. Have gone shimano in the I, first... I, I, I was about to say i think they're still uh, it, they've created this alloy but I think they're delaying it uh, so it doesn't shock the world and there's proof of it oh, there oh, is okay. actual oh, proof okay. of You've it got proof. All right, that's, oh. go into any Bunnings store yes and go and buy a pair of scissors mm-hmm. in those vacuum plastic packs they're impossible to open that is true Anything in those vacuum plastic packs is impossible to open. That's true. So you're saying that is, in fact, space alien technology? (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. Now, fellas, have you both watched Coming to America when yes. uh, when it was his birthday and they uh, he said one day that he'd like to wipe his backside on his own? Right, wipers, yes. Uh, wipers. Very funny and said, wipers? Yes. Well, some fellow at an airport, it was too damn lazy to go and get his car and you know, lift up the door handle and get in it, has summoned his Tesla. Oh, I've oh. got a summons feature. Thing. Tesla? And... Uh, <laughs> Is, uh, yes. On the way, well, the Tesla obviously uh, extremely willing to do his bidding. Yes, quite his ass. Made its way over towards him uh, by way of a two million dollar private jet. Oh, obviously it didn't recognise as being anything that it recognised. Um, and a software thought failure. It, thought it would uh, just blow through its tail, so uh, it's taken out its windscreen and turret, but it's taken out the tail of this two million dollar jet. So. My question to you guys is, uh, why have they got technology like this available when it doesn't work properly? My understanding... Well, oh, sorry, Fishy, to interrupt no, you. No, no. I was just going to say, my understanding was with uh, autonomous cars that they were able to avoid pretty much anything in the world except their biggest bugbear was a kangaroo. Um, and they have never been able to figure out how to avoid a kangaroo because a kangaroo is just the most erratic animal on the planet other than a drunk idiot outside a pub. Did Uh, you say erotic or erratic? Erratic. Oh, sorry. That's all right, fine. Um, So clearly when they've uh, been uh, looking at this, it turns out that there's two things that an autonomous vehicle can't avoid. One, a kangaroo, and two is a private jet. And you've got to think to yourself... 
how can you miss a jet? Because everywhere I got all the radar and all that. I mean, I, I was in a friend of mine's Mercedes Benz recently. Yes. And it's got um, uh, a little, well, actually, it's got like a, an IMAX screen sitting in the middle of the um, dashboard. Mm. Uh, and it actually has radar in it. And, and it's got like heads up display, it's got radar, it's got um, thermal imaging. I mean, it's like being on the yeah, right. bloody USS warship. US, oh, that's United States ship. Yeah, no, sorry, US warship. I'll get right a minute. And the, um, this thing, it, it, if the car thinks it's looking a bit dangerous uh, in, in ahead of itself, it just, you know, jumps on the brakes and you fly through the windscreen and get decapitated, obviously. Uh, and that is a slight design flaw in the whole system. But how can you miss a jet? Like, it's pretty big. Well, first of all, um, there's been problems with uh, detecting tall objects using uh, Tesla vehicles. Oh, so I'm six foot it's, four. It, I don't want it, to step in front of a Tesla. It's not the first time that it's missed a tall object. And oh. You can imagine the rear of a jet uh, ha- has an angle. The tail goes almost not straight up and yes. it goes what about 90 degrees up yep all of a sudden uh and you, you can sort of see how you would need a sensor on the vehicle sufficiently high enough to be able to detect that object as well but what i think is is happening is they're too quick to get the products out to the marketplace yes. without testing them properly because you should be able to detect the kangaroo. You should be able to detect the tail of a of an aircraft. You should be able to detect it. Everything, if it's designed properly, a tall person. Yes. So you're saying that Tesla is in fact a design flaw. Oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, I've, I've and, got... and I think, sorry to interrupt you there, Ray P. Sorry, just wanted to just throw this one in. I think they're putting too much trust in operators, the people that buy the damn things. Oh, yeah, well, they're, they're idiots in the first place. Let's That's it. it, yeah. AP? Tesla have had autopilots in use uh, that have hit many things, and the National Highway Transport Safety Authority in the USA, what a mouthful, uh, has sent investigation teams to 26 crashes involving autopilot, Tesla mm. autopilot, since 2016, which, granted, is six years, so yeah. what's that? Just over, just over four Four per year. Hardly anything. No, yeah, I mean, that's nothing. No, but, but don't forget yeah, the popularity nothing. of electric cars, and particularly Tesla brands uh, of cars, uh, has accelerated in six years. So it's, yeah, but, uh, it's, it wasn't the same number being sold every year for six years. No, but I mean, they're up to, um, I mean, they're no VW. They're only sold about, I don't know, 360,000 at the moment or something been, this year. There's 11 deaths in those uh, 26 crashes and that that's that's you know, nothing you, well yeah but if you take that uh as being the autopilot issue i mean there's many different reasons why people die on their roads uh, stupidity chief amongst those predominantly speed and drunkenness is up there too which is also stupidity, stupidity. So, um, so stupidity I, in fact accounts for basically 100 percent of accidents yeah but but autopilot is but, not he's well, supposed to take stupidity out of the equation Last May in California, a man was arrested after officers noticed his Tesla moving down a freeway with a man in the back seat and no one behind the steering wheel. I mean, that's autopilot and stupid. But isn't yes, that the whole I point of the that. exercise of an autopilot car that you're supposed to be able to just sit there and watch Bugs Bunny on the um, IMAX no, screen? No, that's, that's the oh, problem. Oh. That's the problem. Oh. People put too much faith in the technology. They think that's what it's supposed to do, like the Jetsons. Oh, that's what I assumed. No. Oh, it's what's not ready the point yet. then? 
What's the I point? Su- I suppose Tesla's using uh, purchases of these cars as human guinea pigs. Well, in fairness, I mean, a Ford Pinto probably killed about, I don't know, 65,000 people before they were eventually taken off the market. Now, that's a car that was built in the early 70s yes. where if it got hit from behind by another car, it the petrol tank exploded. Yes. And instantly yeah. incinerated you uh, and your occupants, yes. Do you know the Pintos actually uh, have got a bit of a revival? People are actually after those cars. Well, that's because they, they want to put their um, in-laws in it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes. I would imagine. But no, they have, they, and they've become quite popular. That's, of course, for those who aren't sure what a Ford Pinto is, the car that was in Wayne's World. Yeah, um, just, just Google it. Thing. Yeah, or just Google it. Don't be lazy. Well, I mean, if someone had an LP conversion, LPG conversion, that they, uh, the tanks could burst or explode in an accident. Yes. Uh, now, now it uh, appears to be uh, this thing. The first charges uh, for manslaughter have been laid in America. Who do you charge? Well, is it Elon, the owner of the car? Oh, uh, that's see that that's a bit offside, I, I reckon. They, I, I think they could they could uh, not only go for the owner of the car. I think it's the, the starting point, but you could they can then join as a party the manufacturer of the car. Oh, was, oh yeah, they was. If it's it, here, it, uh, they filed two counts of vehicular, and then you know it's the USA. Oh, I love vehicular that vehicular manslaughter against the driver of a Tesla on autopilot that ran a red light, slammed into another car, and killed two people. So the defendants are the driver and the owner of the car. So I think that's just offside. I mean, if you're sitting in the back seat just minding your own business, reading Playboy or something or other, or the paper, or watching something exciting on your uh, telephone, um, you, you're assuming that the car is going to do what it's supposed to do, as Elon has told us it's going to do. Uh, so I'm content with that. I think uh, it's not your fault. I think Elon, on the other hand, is probably the one that should be the number one um, uh, defendant in the case. Oh, hey, was this a, a sneaky way of getting an Elon Musk story? Well, we hadn't what? done one since like, like last week. Last week, yeah, yeah. I just and the week before that, and the week before that, and well, for twenty-one episodes, I think. Um, well, he's the richest man in, uh, in the world, and he's got his finger in every possible pie. And if he was to, you know, give us some money, we'd probably stop talking about him, perhaps. But I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm just being factual. I, I think it's offside to charge the person who is not in control of the car because that's well, the whole point of being in an well, autonomous car. You're well, not you've in raised, control. You raised raised a point. In this accident involving the uh, uh, car crashing into an aeroplane, yes, right, yes. at the airport, yes. the car was summoned. You were correct in saying that, uh, AP. Yes. But it was summoned via a remote control system uh, that uh, is inbuilt in these Teslas. Right. That the owner controls. So it's like that. It's just like Does a radio. It, do, are, do they well, really, though? I mean, they've just pressed a button on an app. Uh, have and, they? Yes, well, I assume so. Or maybe they've just um, spoke, hey, Siri, bring me my car. Well, I don't know the extent of it, but or it could be, hey, Siri, uh, or whatever. Crash into cr- a plane. Crash into that plane. But but I don't know whether it's like in the James Bond movie where he's, um, remote, he's got the remote control BMW. Remember oh, I remember he's that. Steering, yep. He's yes. steering with it in the back seat. The living daylights. Yeah, I think it was. No, 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 that was, no, no, it was, the other, it was the other James Hang Bond. Hang on, let me just go to the uh, James Bond expert, it AP. Was, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I had the same phone, I had the Nokia 9700 that opens up. I, I, I don't give a crap about which movie it was. Oh, right, <laughs> well, that's unlike <laughs> you. I was thrilled that I had the same phone as, as he did when he, when he opened it up and summons his 
his car. But um, it's uh, it's Donahue and Stevenson. It's the snail in the bottle. Who the hell's Donahue and Stevenson? It's a court case. It's a 1932 test case. Oh, oh, that one. Sorry, I, I, yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot about that one. That's what it is. I was around uh, in 1932. Not. Yeah, no. It's uh, the, the technology's faulty, and it's not. It's not ready for public consumption. So, All right, don't buy a Tesla then. Now, has anyone uh, here in the room ever jumped out of a perfectly good aeroplane? <laughs> no way. Don't be silly. No, I'd have to agree with that because I just don't see the point. I mean, I think it'll be exciting to free fall and all that sort of stuff, but there's just not a hope in hell you, you that know, I'm going to jump out of a perfectly good plane. You know, sometimes you see these elderly people, you know, they're 98 years old. Oh, fair to say, they haven't got much to lose, have they? Yeah, and they're doing yeah, they're a tandem, tandem dive yeah. with someone to celebrate their 98th birthday, yeah. probably then I would do it. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think under those circumstances, I'd probably give it a go because at 98, what have you got to lose? You've had a good life. Anyway. Your false teeth. Oh, you take them out first. <laughs> you idiot. Otherwise, they might fall out and hit you on the head when you finally land. Smiling because you're having so much fun. You know, <laughs> see, you're out and you pull the ripcord and the false teeth get to the earth before you do. Well, that'll be an exciting story to tell the great, 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 great grandkids. Uh, Jordan Hatmaker, what an unfortunate name, uh, mm. from Virginia Beach. Uh, we don't know. Oh, there it is, 35. Oh, hello to the Kellum family in Virginia <laughs> Beach. I actually know the Kellum family. I want to say hello. Are they any, are they related to the Hatmakers? No. Right, not at excellent. All. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, the 35-year-old, as it tells me later in this story, uh, did her first ever sky jump in 2015 and immediately fell in love with the daredevil pursuit. Now, I, I, I semi-understand that, because I think the um, the adrenaline buzz would be almost as good as flying around in a MiG-29 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But, unfortunately, November last year, on her 16th ever jump, something went badly wrong. Now, hang on. Yes. This was a, a six, uh, the 16th jump. Yes, under supervision still. Oh, I would imagine. So it doesn't actually specify that, but let's assume so. No, no, it does. So. The oh, story does. says it does. Oh, I didn't read that far. Yeah, she's I haven't actually read that much of the story. You've got to get the <laughs> license to jump on your own. Oh, um, I see. She was considering it. Oh, right. If only I'd read the rest of the story. Um, <laughs> so I'm reading it as I go, of course, obviously. That's okay, and, uh, no problem. But she was lucky it wasn't her last ever jump because about 10 seconds uh, after she leapt out of the um, plane, which is only a pretty short free fall. Oh, 13,500 feet. Because what are you doing, like 9.8 metres per second per second? Is that right, when you're falling, free falling? Yeah, yeah, that's... that's that's. Uh, Which is about 125 miles an hour. How fast you're accelerating yes. to, to Earth. Yes. To a terminal velocity. Yeah. Seen the I think the terminal velocity in this instance, uh, they said in the article, was 125 miles an hour. Yes, I've just spotted that bit in the story. Um, anyway, she um, moved away from her coach. So she's sort of leaping. Just imagine this, listener. She's She and her um, uh, uh, coach have leapt out of the plane almost together. He's watching her plummet to her death. Uh, sorry, uh, free fall. <laughs> and at an appropriate uh, height, he gives her some indication or she's looking at her little watchy thingy and she knows to pull the um, ripcord. However, on this particular occasion... As she uh, pulled the cord, the pilot chute, now for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, there's a little tiny parachute um, that pops out of the bag and that drags the main parachute out. 
Yeah. Somehow, and Lord only knows how, it had to become wrapped around her leg. Mm. Now, I can't even begin to imagine because you think when you're uh, doing that, unless she was tumbling or something or, or doing it in some weird yeah, yeah, fashion, yeah. because you think it's on your back and you pull the cord and, and, and you're sort of supposed to be basically face down in the James Bond style uh, where he left out of, the, um, out of the plane without a parachute and then had to chase Jaws to get it. She could um, have been posing for selfies and things and got carried away and oh, then she went into a spin as a result. She probably you know. did, you know, because she's a 35-year-old woman, so she probably yes, was. You're right, yeah. Anyway, it got wrapped around her leg and that hasn't gone at all well for her. So as she desperately scrambled to try and free herself, and I'm going to be doing that as well. Actually, I'm thinking probably I'm more concerned about changing my underpants at this stage. Uh, a reserve chute. Now, you always have two parachutes when you're jumping out of a perfectly good aeroplane. Your main chute and a reserve chute. Uh, main chute on your back, reserve chute on your front. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I do. It was automatically released, which I think is impressive. However, the jolt of the release catapulted the main canopy parachute out of its bag and the two parachutes flew into each other and created a weirdo thing, a downplane, uh, they call it and propelled her to the ground even faster. Wow. Now, I'm thinking at this point in time, uh, you're noticing the ground rushing up at you, and you're thinking, bugger me, I'm dead. Yeah, that's what I'd be that's thinking. That's my first thought. I'm thinking, I'm not going to be worried about trying to do anything else. All I, I'm just looking at the ground, <laughs> wow. In fact, she didn't have any thoughts because she was spiralling. So she's going round and round and round. I'm getting dizzy just at the thought. Didn't know what was going on. Here comes the ambulance, ready oh. to meet her. Happy days, perfect. <laughs> Probably a bit late, but happy days. Anyway, she hit the ground 20 seconds after pulling her release cord. So you think she's 13,500 feet. She's managed to plummet to her almost death in 20 seconds. That's the fastest 20 seconds she's ever lived through. I reckon it might be. Um, and she's whooshka, hit the ground. Now, so the second she's actually dug herself out of the enormous hole that she's in, uh, she couldn't feel anything. She was paralysed. She was whoa, yelling out. Whoa, 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 What? She survived. Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that, but yes. This is like a Roadrunner and Coyote segment. Well, she's in fact not the um, only person who has ever survived uh, falling uh, from a plane uh, because there was a um, flight attendant uh, one time who uh, the back end of a plane fell off at about 40,000 or 35,000 feet, and she plummeted uh, all that way, 35,000 feet, and, uh, and survived. Jeez. Well, well admittedly. Um, and neither was this girl. She, um, she, and I quote, I hit with my left leg first, then I bounced off my butt, face planted, and that's how I broke my back. So uh, she broke her, uh, most of her lower back, her tibia and ankle, as well as su sustaining a spinal cord injury. That's oh. not good. Now, strangely enough, she works as a, a contractor and she spent most of uh, a month uh, in hospital with a decompressed, oh, sorry, where doctors de decompressed her spinal cord, uh, then performed some spinal fusion surgery and bone fragments and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, she's basically all right. She's recovered, oh, more or good. less. That's pretty good. Now, if I yeah. read the rest of the story, um, probably tell me whether she was... Oh, no, she's there she goes. She's been able to do a hiking trip to Mount Everest. Oh, this woman's really? a nutcase. Why would really? you jump out of a plane and then want to go to bloody Mount Everest? To see if she can fall off that too. She, uh, she does have some pelvic floor dysfunction. Now, we know how important pelvic floor is for women. 
Um, that's why you don't need those um, um, little pad things to keep everything in. Uh, anyway, the upshot is she's jumped out of a perfectly good plane and plummeted. Now, <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking is, why would you jump out of a perfectly good aeroplane? Well, there's many reasons, uh, including this week. Yes. Two Red Bull uh, skydiving pilot type people. Right. Each had an aeroplane, a light aeroplane each. Right, right. one each. And they they flew together parallel mm -hmm. some distance. And the whole idea was they would put it into a nose, their plane into a nosedive, jump out of the plane and swap each other's planes by somehow floating, synchronising, diving, whatever, into the open door of each plane, taking over the controls and then landing the plane safety. Well, unfortunately, it didn't go to plan, oh, even though they had two, two years of practising it. And what happened was uh, one of the pilots achieved the goal to get into the other chap's plane. Mm -hmm. The other pilot, uh, the plane that went out of control Went, plummeted to earth, crashed. No one knows where the plane is, but the pilot landed not far from some airfield. Just as a matter so, of curiosity, so, sorry to interrupt yeah. you at this point. Mm. Let me just get this straight. Two planes flying along, try to get in. One plane does all right. One plane plummets to the ground, crashes in a thumping great big ball of flame and smoke and fire and everything else, and they yes. can't find it. They can't find it. <laughs> and the other one landed at the airport. Correct. So it's... Fairly comfortable that there's an area of... Well, they can't find it as of the 25th of April, 2022. Oh, right. I was which is say, when, a 20-year-old story. Which, which is when... No, no, tw today. 22. Today. Which is today, yes. So here's the um, ambulance. There's the to find ambulance that one. Yeah. Um, I just can't comprehend how you can not find a plane that has yeah, crashed. Yeah, and, and they had... Apparently, they had cameras on the planes and the pilots and the, the ground crew and all of that. And no one seems to have had uh, a, a, a camera on the plane that went missing. Well, I don't, I don't know that would be a lot of use to you, but I'm just thinking, I, I mean, I've seen a few plane crashes in my day. Hmm. <clears throat> and, and I'm thinking at um, TWA uh, 810 out of New York. I mean, one of the things when you get on a plane I always find amusing is that um, – they say, uh, once you've done the uh, life jacket part of the demonstration, here's a whistle and a light to attract attention. Yes. Now, when um, TWA 810 uh, flew out of uh, New York and then exploded and plummeted down to the ground, yes. uh, it looked like uh, the 4th of July uh, fireworks display. So what you're saying is the light and the whistle weren't necessary. Yes, basically. What's the point? Like, if you've missed the flaming wreckage uh, going down and hitting the ground, uh, that, you know, the light and the whistle is not a, a particularly yeah. useful. However, having said that, it turns out that you can miss the flaming wreckage plummeting to the ground and f can't find the bloody plane. I just don't understand how that works. That's why I normally used to fly Hooters Air. Oh, I love Hooters Air. I love Hooters Air because you're just protected by Hooters, I would think. Um, yes. I was going to say nature's airbag. Yes. No. <laughs> now, we've all been working in industries where we've had to advertise for a job. Yeah. Well, not, for, not yes. for us, but for people to come and work yeah. for us. Staff. Staff, that's the word I'd be using. And uh, we've had some, um, you know, issues, one might say, when we've had to uh, advertise for jobs. And you normally would have a certain number of requirements. 
Well, Clark, uh, sorry, Craig Harker, 35, uh, from the George Pub and Grill uh, venues across Teesside, which is uh, in the uh, the United Kingdom, I'm going to assume. Sounds like a serious operation. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's got venues across Teesside. I have no idea where Teesside is, but let's not that worry about that. Uh, he uh, posted an online vacancy uh, uh, ad for chefs, kitchen porters in front of house staff. Yes. Uh, he says that he is um, usually inundated with sloppy applicants, so he wanted to whittle the competition down. The ads read, and I quote, Those that attend with that fruity B.O. odour, it's a no-go. Oh, way, give your pits a wash before you come down for an interview. A quick whiff and spray those bad boys because first impressions count, and that includes brushing the tusks too. The key part for any of you is um, first impressions. Don't uh, have mine as this person clearly, clearly needs a wash and have me turning my head because of that naughty breath that stings my cheeks. I like where he's going with this. Yes. Uh, if those gnashes are black, then stay back. White and you're all right. Ooh, that's racist. Uh, especially when front of house greeting our customers as they walk through the door. Now, I've got no problem with that um, that ad. I think that's perfectly acceptable. But I imagine that he's probably in a spot of bother for it, I would assume. Well, he's had his, he's had his ad pulled from uh, Facebook. Yes, I uh, suspected that could be the case. They, uh, they, ha- they have decided not to uh, penalise him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've got friends that go into Facebook. Panda has been in Facebook jail three times in the last year, I reckon. That's true. He has. Far less than that, I can tell you right now. Now, uh, I, I, gentlemen, mm-hmm. have also been inundated with sloppy applicants. Oh. Uh, seeking a, a new member of staff recently. Mm-hmm. And so whilst I can uh, commiserate and uh, understand uh, Craig's position, mm-hmm. Craig 35, um, I still think that he's he's testing uh, the bounds. Well, if someone goes in there and they've got, um, oh, I've forgotten the medical term for it now. There's a medical term for bad breath. Oh, All right, so you're you're becoming a bit of a softy here. Bad breath. Um, Halitosis. Halitosis. That's the one. And then, so if you if you say, oh, well, you know, it's a medical condition, and you're discriminating against me, they'll have him. They'll have him. Right, we know that I have him, but what you're saying, though, is that it's perfectly acceptable for you as a halitosis uh, um, um, person, um, not contaminated because that's an unfair word. Sufferer. Sufferer, that's the word I'd be looking for. Thank you. Uh, Sufferer, that it'd be perfectly all right for you to introduce uh, yourself to guests coming into a pub. Uh, who then promptly fall over and die because uh, of your bad breath. Would you do it something like right. this? Yes. Haven't you ever heard of triple X mints? Oh. Like, hi. <laughs> yes, and that's the whole point. That's exactly what people do. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. If someone's got the condition, mm-hmm. then they're going to take uh, steps. You know, Listerine, triple X mints, you know, brush more often. I mean, you, you, they, they could still carry out the task i don't want to go and meet somebody at a as as a greeter at a restaurant where i'm looking forward to having a splendid meal or even just a pint and i've got some bloke or some person i should say coming up to me going hi sometimes the sometimes the uh, listerine and mints just don't grab this doesn't cut the mustard oh you'd have to be pretty bad I think, oh, no, I've, I've think, met people that are pretty bad. Yeah, I, I think if you've got um, if you've got the bo of a um, Sydney taxi driver um, and really bad breath to boot, do not go and try and get a job as somebody whose first uh, point of contact is um, the consumer as they enter a venue. 
Especially By the way, hello to all the uh, Sydney taxi drivers who are listening to the podcast. Mm. Yes, especially uh, have a wash. Job with uh, Craig Harker from Teesside. but um, I I didn't even get. Oh, don't worry about the bad breath. I I had trouble even finding it, these sloppy applicants that would come and sit in front of me for the interview. No fair call there. Or maybe they decided their breath was too bad for them. maybe maybe Craig's helping me to uh, define uh, why it was such an unsuccessful campaign. Did you? you uh, know, I ended up uh, at 140 applicants, sloppy, wow. sloppy, 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 and uh, I whittled it down to about six or something, and, and I couldn't get anyone to start the job. Do you know the uh, the one person that answered a Facebook ad that I put in, mm-hmm. which is free as opposed to the $300 ad at a place I won't mention, mm-hmm. so it was useless, got one, one applicant, she's already started. Wow. And, and she's great, and she's got no halitosis and... She's got no dodgy. I haven't seen any. You haven't seen her toes yet, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure her toes are all right. And um, what else did he say? Uh, and bo it, and stuff. Her teeth are. Hey, can, can I just ask, what concerns people about toe health? Oh, because if you if you're wearing open shoes in a uh, restaurant situation, I mean, would you want to look at you know as you walk in, you you sort of. Well, you, you, the first thing you're going to do is put your head down because the person's got horrific breath. So you're going to get looked down. And what are you going to see? My toenails. Would you want to go and have a restaurant meal looking after looking at my toenails? I think not. They're horrific. I, I think I think uh, the gentleman uh, that placed the ad, I think he, he, he's increasing the standard to, uh, to an unacceptable level. I, I disagree. Because, <laughs> I disagree entirely. Because someone could have a... A toe condition, mm-hmm. and they could again. You're making excuses. Satisfactorily hide it with closed shoes. Yes, but perhaps if um, that's like, like me. that's like and saying most, and most uh, uh, establishments that you know, like restaurants and so forth, uh, require you to wear closed shoes yes, because of the the oils and the plates. No, not, <laughs> not if you're in a um, uh, you know. I, I'm not familiar with the the entire Hooters uniform, and we mentioned that in the last segment. But I'm sure that they probably have open toe shoes or something like that, or you know, stilettos or pumps or whatever. Um, and you know, you don't want to look at your Hooters girl with with bad toes, bad toenails. I mean, that's just disgusting. There's all what, toe jam and goop. Oh, let me tell you something. If it was a Hooters girl, there's no way I'd be looking down. Could have been in China. I've been there. It wasn't pretty. Anyway, that's not the point. I um. I used to uh, use the Commonwealth Employment Service, which was the Australian government's um, yes. uh, employment thing all those years ago. Yes. And um, I used That's to get where you people, get a prime minister when you need one. Oh, right? I wish God we could do with one. Uh, I, but I used to um, put an ad at the uh, CES, it was called in those days, and I'd get people just wandering, you know, in, and they'd be sort of wearing flannel shirts with uh, really bad breath, no teeth, um, no shoes. And then they go, yeah, mate, I'm here for the job. Uh-huh. Or just can you sign me dockets to say that I came to it? Ah, uh, right. Because I used to have to go and get a certain number of jobs before they'd get their dole payments. But the ones a I used to like. certain number of job applications. Yeah, sorry, applications, sorry, yeah. yes. But the ones I used to like was they'd ring and go, yeah, job gone yet, mate? Yeah, mate, it's, no, not yet. Oh, uh, well, I don't really want it, but can you just, um, when the CS rings you, um, tell them that I applied for it? Thanks, mate. I don't really want it, but now piss off. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All the time I used to get people that had come in like that. 
Uh, and that's, that's, I mean, that's, this is what employers, so I think you people are making excuses for badly presented people. I mean, I remember one guy, he was just walking up and down the street. He came into my, my office and he had a suit on, collar and tie, freshly cleaned, laundered shirt, nice white shirt, um, uh, nice trousers, clean shoes and everything. He said, hi, I'm just uh, wondering if there might be any jobs uh, available here. And I looked at this bastard and I thought, you, you have promised, son, I'm going to give you a job. And I said, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I didn't, but that's not the point. I just sacked somebody else. Uh, and uh, I employed this bloke on the spot. And how do you Good think that you. went? Terrible? Absolutely pathetic. Useless. Piss useless. But at least I gave him a go, so I was happy. Did you ask him, just by, by chance, mm-hmm. have you worked ever else, somewhere else before? No, no, it didn't occur to me. I just thought he's, <laughs> he's made all the effort to get dressed neat and tidily. I'm going to give him a job. I'm going to give him a go. Don't, you, don't went, you went for all the show, all, all the glitter. He could have been an axe murderer for all I know. <laughs> he could have been an escapee from Pentridge Prison. Who, who dresses nicely. Who dresses nicely, so I gave him a job. I gave him a go. Did you learn pissy. No, not at all. I did that a couple of times. And eventually you had to find one that was all right, but this particular one was piss useless. Anyway. Well, what an interesting world it is, boys and girls. I've got to say, it's fascinating. Uh, but that's the end of the news grubs for this week. We've come, we've run out of time, frankly. So join us next time when we'll delve deep, deep into the wheat bag, the chaff bag of, of news stories from around the world and bring it to you in our inimitable style. Um, oh, and don't forget to subscribe to News Grub so you can keep up to date because if you're only just listening to this one, if you were to subscribe, then you'd be able to get all the previous 20-odd episodes and that is well worth having a listen to because it's a fascinating insight into the humanity of the planet Earth. Time for us to go. We'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. See you, guys. See you all next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week.